0: Steph Scholl here and I am with the Silver Dollar Man.
1: <laughs> Scott Stevenson and if you're looking for someone who will take care of you every step of the way, Sydney Rosenblatt is the realtor for you.
0: Sydney's an agent with Keller Williams Salt Lake and Scott, Sydney is super passionate about helping people and that shines through all her work.
1: So Sydney, tell us what sparked your interest in real estate?
2: I didn't grow up in a big background with homeowners so I didn't have a family and- member in real estate or any friends in real estate. So I didn't really know what I was getting into a hundred percent, but, uh, I know I wanted to start a business and I was given various different options, but real estate spoke to me because, well, I given, I, I moved around a lot growing up and that's how most of my friends would know me as she was the new girl at my school. <laughs> <laughs> and so,
0: you know, Sydney, I, think the new girl.
2: I just, I'm, I'm much better. Like I love being able to participate in other people's lives. And at this level especially, I think that realtors can do a lot for one person or one family. And it's been amazing to be that person. So that's, I mean, I got into it to help people. I didn't really know, you know, the odds of failure or the (laughs) benefits of success. I just really wanted to get involved. And there are not a lot of ways to get involved these days.
0: So well, and this is unique because you're going to school Yes, and you're doing real estate.
1: Is Are you going to high school?
0: No.
2: I, yes, <laughs> I know. No. I'm, I'm at the University of Utah, and I'm a business student. I'm like a junior now. Yeah. And it's been really fun to learn about things and apply them to my business because I sure. do own an LLC, which is really crazy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just working through it.
0: Well, and Scott, I'm, I'm going to have to brag a little bit because you started out with this and you're doing school, but you're killing it. So tell us about like last summer and everything. Well, I've sold like
2: today, I'd say about $4.5 million worth of real estate.
1: And which I'd is awesome 4.5 like main and when did you start
2: yeah, i mean that's not that many but i started like 12 months ago oh
1: wow that's fabulous for the yeah. first 12 months a lot of realtors don't even sell 4.5 i'm so hard on myself yeah i never
2: i'm mm. not like one to to brag i think that there's that's always why I'm room bragging for you there's always room for for more right and i mean it's never really over
0: didn't you get something at the breakfast? yeah
2: so i I've, they always give like lots of rewards and so I've won the Culture Icon Award. I've won the Rookie of the Month a couple of times. And I was on track for Rookie of the Year. I'm competing with another agent in my office. but We'll see how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But, I mean, even to have, like, the Rookie of the the Month is huge. I, honestly, out.
2: I really couldn't have done it without my coach. My coach was really important. Shout out to David Johnson.
1: At Go, David.
2: Williams, Salt Lake City. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean that's hard to believe because you know getting in the real estate business. I th- I don't think most people understand it's hard, and then it's I think it's doubly hard for a young person, really young, right. and you're not.
2: Well, I had no experience in yeah. an office. I was pushing cheese before I became a realtor. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Scott's favorite food is
1: cheese. Yeah, it I is. Have, yeah,
2: I didn't have any experience. I mean, I was I was barely old enough to drink when I got into this. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's been super interesting. Super interesting. You know, as a realtor, only 87, 83% make it past year one. Yeah. Yeah. And then year five is even worse. It's a lot worse. Right. And so it is really hard. What I think is so important to keep in mind is uh, as a small business owner, as someone in service, right, is that you're never going to stop learning and adding to the business. And what's really interesting about service, which is a lot different from like products, is that it's all co production. You have to work with your client. And Mm -hmm. that's what I think is so fascinating about this career is that, you know, without my clients, I have nothing.
1: In the short time you've uh, been successful as a real estate agent, do you have any advice you would give to home buyers or first time home buyers?
2: Well, there's all this stress on interest rates, but. Historically, we know that they're low, right? And there's always gonna be something that's gonna be used as an excuse or a weapon to fearmonger you away from investing, right? Yes, Whether it's low supply or high interest or whatever is going on in the world, you're always gonna turn around and say, maybe not this year, right? But every rent payment is a wasted opportunity to invest. And it really is painful because you know, rent is like $2,000 at least in the county, right? And that's just a lot of money to be throwing down the toilet every single month. And when you think about it, you can really, really do a lot for your family by not throwing all of that away, right? Sure. Like that's $24,000, $30,000 a year.
1: Well, you got a lot of young people that are your age that are thinking, ah, I don't need to buy. Uh, well, I, mean, I can wait Mike till later. can afford
2: to buy them in Utah because <laughs> yeah. the average home price is pretty high up here. Yeah, know? it
1: is. It's gone up quite a bit. Yeah, but there are high. still some good deals out there.
2: um I think that Utah is very interesting because we don't own half of Utah, right? So half of Utah is actually owned by the federal government, which means we can't even breathe on it, can't even <laughs> sneeze on it, and so there's really not a lot of land for us. But Utah actually was number one in new construction this year and last year. We've had the most new construction inputs than any other state in the country. But we're also the youngest state in the country. We have the youngest average population by
0: far within the United States. You bring up some really cool points. To have a state that is pretty young and i think that we have a great tech industry yeah. and we have people that are drawn here because they love doing the out like the outdoors and stuff and like being active right so. i mean
2: there's a lot of reasons to move to utah and that's why the average home price is so high right I'm so for example in houston texas did you know taxes are like 800 dollars a month in no. texas on a property yeah and that's why properties are so cheap down there. Right? Uh, it's because you're paying like a butt ton in taxes. That's <laughs> exactly
1: right. And you know, it's interesting you should say that because I have a daughter living in Houston. Really? Yes. And that's exactly right. You know, the prices look down, but the taxes At are Add
2: $800 to your mortgage every yeah, month and right. see how it feels. <laughs> it, it,
1: it, isn't, it isn't quite as good as it looks.
0: No, it's not. You had talked about how f- a lot of people, first-time homebuyers, they're struggling. But we've seen a lot of people come... And friends buying together or siblings buying together? Well, right now,
2: yeah, co signer is important, right? But I think that another thing is just keep your debts low, right? Don't go out and buy a $700 a month car. You don't need a huge car payment if you want to have a house. Like, the thing is, is that with mortgages, the reason why we had a crisis in 2008 was because the banks were giving out way too many loans, they were flushing the market out. Now it's very difficult to get a loan, you know a certain amount of your income is only allowed it to go towards that mortgage the bank won't allow you to get anything else even if you show us all this cash we're not going to let you in we're not going to take the liability and so keep your debts low right also keep in mind that in this market i just closed on a property where i got ten thousand dollars for my buyer in closing costs they're walking away with a check
0: which is awesome which is the reverse yeah. right mm-hmm. of what so, it's been yeah
1: yeah mm-hmm. i
2: mean just think about your options, right? You never really want to go into an investment by yourself. I bought my first home with my best friend because A, like we can sell in two years, split the profits, walk away if that's what we choose, or we can sell in two years and I can get into my own property with all this equity that I just got. So start somewhere, right? Because as a buyer, in your mind, you're like, okay, I want this house. I can't afford it. So I'm just not going to buy. But what if you had a different house for two years and then you could get into that house
0: I love that you brought up that you went in with a friend for this place because I had a a friend a couple years ago that she did the same thing with, with a cousin and I was just like, i'm gonna just rent because well, it makes sense yeah. right yeah Why would,
2: you don't want to be dangerous and take out an asset with somebody but right. the truth is, is that it's not that bad it's just like having a roommate
0: right and i looked at like because i was like oh i'm just renting i was like i don't need to buy it but and you're then throwing
2: away all your money I was. and all your roommates money that could have been going to you and
0: she ended up being so much further along mm-hmm. because she was able to sell this property and have all the equity to put another. right you gotta start so somewhere. i i'm like if i could go back and do it all again you would you're doing a great thing yeah. of going in on property with a friend and then well
2: that's like the benefit of, ha- of being married these days yeah buying real estate yeah because double income higher pre-approval
1: i need to just back out of this conversation i got two young women talking here and i'm just an old man sitting there listening to them. <laughs>
2: did you know the second largest group of homebuyers is single women
1: see that's an important you are just
0: like full of stats
1: you've given us some information on buyers what about sellers what what advice would you give to sellers in this market
2: sellers give me a run for my money in this market i think that we're so used to 20 percent equity a year that was so amazing i think that a lot of homeowners are still in that flush that mindset where it's their market and technically it's it is we're in a neutral market you can't you're not going to rip a seller off, right, for a property. You, you, you can get like 20000 off. You can get some closing credits. You can get a couple of furnishings here and there. But you're not going to tank a seller worth 20% of their equity. <laughs> it's difficult because sellers right now, they're very unrealistic about what their home is worth. Why because, do you think that is? Well, they set expectations for themselves prior to having the conversation to sell. Mm-hmm. Right? So in their mind, before they even pick up the phone and call a realtor, they're like, my house is worth X amount. Right? and they're on the defensive. And I think that it's just a lack of constant education. If I wasn't constantly knee deep in this market, I wouldn't know yeah. what's going on either. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that it's also just important to be grateful for the amount of equity that you have. Like you're sitting on $150,000. Wake up, you're a lottery winner. That is huge.
1: <laughs> or 250. And,
2: and then <laughs> sellers right now, they wanna negotiate. Over $500, $300, a ring doorbell. It's not worth it. In the bigger scheme of things, when you're banking on six figures, let the ring doorbell go.
0: (laughs) Scott, I can see why you like East Coast people, though, because you are very much saying it how it is. Love it. I
2: think that as a seller, you have to be amicable. Nobody wants to work with that guy who doesn't want to work with anyone. Mm Mm-hmm right? And pick your battles. Pick your battles. Whether you're a buyer or a seller, pick your battles, right? Because on the other side of this transaction, there is a real person, right? A real person with real feelings. And so if you can just take a step back, take the emotion out of it, because we get it. This is your home. This is your livelihood. This is your retirement. Take a step back. Take a deep breath. How much will that $300 matter in two months?
0: Mm -hmm. That's a good point.
2: Yeah, always put it into perspective. And I think it's important for realtors. Like I've learned that I really need to set expectations before working with sellers and buyers because their expectations will fuel the transaction. That will drive us. And so we need to make sure that we set our clients up for success and not emotional turmoil. Because that's what negotiation is. It's emotional turmoil. (laughs)
0: That's what
1: it is. It is emotional turmoil. And that's why
0: you need a professional because I see right now I have some friends that are getting ready to list their house and it's just emotional But just imagine if those
2: sellers had to look the buyer in the face and tell Uh, them that we wanted $300 more on a half a million dollar transaction. It's not feasible. As a realtor, our worst nightmare is when the buyer and seller come face to face. (laughs) We
0: try to keep them away from each other. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about with sellers, how you include staging for your sellers. So I actually have an arsenal
2: of furnishings that I use to stage properties because I love working with stagers, but I am a control freak and I want things to look how I want them to look. And I think that from a small business point of view, by me having a storage of inventory to stage and I can amortize that cost over a longer period of time rather than flushing out thousands of dollars for stagers and I never see that furniture again. And then you've got all those contracts and all that liability, whereas if my seller wants to keep this rug, I can just let him keep it. You know what I mean? It doesn't, It's not one of those things where we're in a contract and now you're liable for the $60 rug that your son just spilled juice on. It's just not worth it. I don't want to go through that.
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. I mean, I'm looking at everything that you're involved in that you're as you're doing school, but then you have the staging. I'm impressed. You know your stuff.
2: Well, I love my, I love my career. I love it. Like I used to, all summer, I was wake up, real estate, go to bed, real estate. When I wake up, I look for texts from my clients. I look at my emails. I don't do anything else. Right? I don't <laughs> well, know. What happened to your
1: boyfriend? What happened?
2: Never. I don't really date. I don't <laughs> do date. You know, I might. I just don't think that that's in the cards right now. <laughs> I just don't really think it's in the cards. Okay,
1: well, there's nothing wrong with that. But what I want to do so you stage for your clients? Is that a mm-hmm. free free cost? Yes,
2: it's included. I don't like nickeling and diming my clients. Mm-hmm. I just think that...
0: It makes sense how you don't yeah. want to. nickel Well, I'm dime very her. grateful
2: for my career and how much it pays. I don't think it's... I just don't... I am just don't run that way. Like I'm in business for them. I get so attached to them. And they say like, don't get attached. Don't put any emotion into a deal. I am the worst at that. I will put emotion into a deal.
0: <laughs> I will care. <laughs> I will care. <laughs>
2: Yeah, So yeah, and, and occasionally I'll call a stager if I need big furnishings, right? Mm-hmm. If I need like a section I'll put in somewhere or something spectacular. If it's a luxury home, I'll collaborate. But most of the homes that I sell actually aren't vacant. No, they're not. They're buy-sells because right. the only reason you'd have a vacant home is if you have money to pull out two mortgages.
0: Right. And yeah. you
2: need 20% down to do that.
1: So yeah. how do you approach those people and say, hey, your house needs to be restaged?
2: oh, actually, it's kind of just included in my bundles. So Uh I have three bundles. And I think that there's a ton of different ways that you can approach adding something to someone's house. When I talk to sellers about getting their home ready for market, I tell them, someone could come in here and see that and walk right out. So it's like, people are very opinionated. We don't want them to come into a home and look at your stuff. We want them to come into your home and look at the home. I don't want them to know what your personal identity is, and I set all of these expectations mm-hmm. up front. You're gonna take all those family photos down. Anything worth money that's small that could be carried out of the house, I'm to put it away.
1: And to put away all those silver dollars. Oh, I have yeah. it, on my yes,
0: idea.
2: absolutely. <laughs> I set those expectations. Because- and your
0: Maryland flags. You know, yeah, you, someone might be a, against right. a certain state or that's team, true. or
2: yeah, and it just doesn't matter that much, mm-hmm. right? Like your home sale, the the equity that you're sitting on. Let's make sure that everyone has the same opinion, which is this home is great. That's it, right? We don't want them to say anything about what you own or who you are, right? It's just about selling your home and getting you into a new one.
1: Okay, so here's just something a little more extra. Tell us something about you personally. You look like a dancer.
2: I'm not. I don't have a dancing bone in my body. Well... well.
1: (laughs) It's I don't a- have a dancing
2: <laughs> bone in my body. You take me to the bar, I'm off to the side. I'm standing near the wall. Well, so
1: what do you like to do on your time?
2: Well, honestly, because I'm a full-time student, I'm taking 15 credits, and I run a business full-time. So I don't have a ton of time, but I like to put time into my social media, and I like to go shopping, obviously. I mean, I'm a girl of many clothes. <laughs>
1: And uh, I have a cat at home. A girl of many clothes. Yeah. I'm going to have to remember that one to tell my wife because she's a woman of many clothes and shoes. Do you like shoes?
2: I do, but I I actually, I've been volunteering more recently. I'm becoming a big sister at the Boys and Girls Club. Awesome. Yeah. So I've been trying to get into that more because I really love kids and I really love working with families, with people who have kids. It's just so fun. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm doing with my free time right now. But otherwise, I like to just scroll through TikTok and eat snacks and relax. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm not. I'm not a. <laughs>
1: I don't like traveling.
2: I mean, I'm a perfect realtor because I'm very <laughs> set.
1: Your, your best place you want to go is, is down to Cedar City or something like that.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> like, I'll talk to realtors, and they'll be like, I'm getting on a plane. I'm on vacation. like, oh, I could never. I, I do not like traveling.
0: Also, I love because when i was 22 right i didn't know what i was doing with my life anything it didn't really have direction and you're already hustling and killing it and how you're volunteering and how you love like doing social media with it and you're doing all these facets to grow your business so i'm excited to see what the years i see you.
1: sydney as a governor Thank the you. Governor oh, I would love to run
0: for office.
2: That would yeah, be yeah. so cool. Well, we more come women back in to the office. podcast, too. Yes. Yeah, you come women. back. Remember
1: us? I mean, Stephanie, you'll still be here. I'll be, you know, Absolutely. on the other side, maybe. Yeah.
2: Well, I think I had a lot of time to think, you know. I kind of grew up a little bit faster than most. Yeah? Growing up, I didn't. I wasn't allowed to date. I was in foster care when I was a teenager. You were? I was. And it changed my life. Mm -hmm. i didn't have a phone i didn't go on social media if i went over to a friend's house they had to have a background check
1: so Uh, did their parents like
2: my life was very different i lived in children's shelters like the christmas box like i had a lot of time to just stare at the wall and it made me prioritize realize what's really important what's not
1: that gives you an interesting perspective on homes too it does uh, the stability. Because <laughs> I've lived of in homes. so many of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the stability of homes that, yeah. po- that well that the the importance of home. Yes, exactly. Really, The
2: importance, the way that home can shape your whole life. Mm-hmm. How it can negatively affect you or positively affect you.
1: Well, and it looks like you have taken those lessons and put them to a positive in a positive way.
2: Well, yeah, for other people.
1: Yeah. I think that's wonderful. There are so many different ways to go with your life, and when you have different challenges that come up in your life, you can either learn from them and help other people, or right. or you burn can to succumb the to the
2: sadness. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Either one. Yeah. And then eventually, I want to take my business and I want to intertwine it with the foster care system in Utah. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do something to get those kids into a home because they don't have them. Yeah. They don't. Like they lock us up in in little rooms. In in these like house, we don't get to go outside. You know, it's like, it's awful.
1: It, that is we awful. We don't go
2: to public school. We don't leave the building. Really? Yes, like, I want to use my voice to do something about that.
0: Hearing you talk, I, it's like cool to see what you're doing in business, but it, it's not about making the money. It's about being able to really bring about change. And the money is nothing.
2: Like. I could basically do anything and pay my bills. Yeah, right. But what am I? What do I want to do for the rest of my life? What do I want? What do I want to spend? I take work home with me. I'm going to want to take something that's meaningful home with me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, good for you. There is so many. I mean, with the wow, cynicism always comes from one generation to the next generation to the next generation. It's always not as good supposedly, but it's always so nice when you talk with somebody like yourself who seems to want to really prioritize service in their life for other people. I might
2: harden over the years. You never know.
1: (laughs) Well, we got you right now.
2: (laughs) But I think that every realtor is so different, but most of us really do try to give back in our own little ways. Like we're all passionate about different things, and people get into real estate for very different reasons. When you have a business and you have a platform, you have the ability to donate it to something. What would you like to do to change something, yeah. right? How do you want to positively affect the world? Yeah, A I mean, visionary. You only got one life, right? I mean, yeah. I would love to run for office. That would be so cool.
1: Well, see there, I already saw that. Governor. It, Governor right?
2: That would be
0: so cool.
1: Governor Sydney, two yeah. thousand. Uh, in my pink uh, I know she's yeah. in
0: pink Gray now. Yeah, yeah, uh, fabulous. But uh, also, I feel like you brought up some points that unless you're in the foster care system, you don't realize what those kids are through well unless going you go through, through any
2: yeah. bad experience right you don't yeah. know what people go through but there's there's consequences and there's there's things going on that we don't see every day we can go through life focused on ourselves right which is a downer yeah. or we can go through life yes. focus forward on other people and other things mm-hmm. and that's what i want to do i think that being a realtor like today for example i didn't i was late to my my, my very first closing okay Because I had two closings in one day today, which is like Mm. new for me. And I was late and I felt so bad. I sat in my car and I cried. And I just know that not every realtor would be there, right, for their clients that way. Like I've never missed anything. I don't miss a walkthrough. I don't miss a showing. I've never sent a buyer to an open house. You know, I really care. That's a big investment when you spend half a million dollars. It is. That is huge. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I just want people to know that I see the gravity of their investment and I'm there 100%. 100% 100% of the way mm-hmm. like I put every ounce of energy I have into this business That's that's what I do.
1: Were you were you a good student in school?
2: No, not until senior year I mean I moved so much. I went to 12 different high schools I couldn't uh. like all, my my transcript was like a little puzzle It was awful and there was like I didn't walk out of college having scholarships. I didn't have any of that but I figured it out and I'm debt-free
0: well, it is inspiring. You can do it. Yeah.
2: You can do anything you set your mind to. I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not going to tell you. But, <laughs> but I do believe that if you want something, you can do it. You just have to keep working hard at it. Like, I I was scraping cheese for two years the day I turned 19 until I was like 20. Like, scraping something. cheese,
0: what do you mean? I worked
2: at a cheese factory in up north. Oh. Yeah. And, okay. and I had this goal to become a realtor like three years ago. Really? Yeah, and I kept scraping away, saving money, because when I came here, I quit my job, and I went without a paycheck for like six months. <laughs> yeah, like it was crazy. <laughs> but, you know, if you make goals, you set smart goals, you can achieve them, you can do anything you want. You just gotta go for it.
0: Well, I wanna know, you said that you just went with this friend in on this townhouse. How was that to have a place that you knew was yours. So, one person told
2: me that you don't realize you are a homeowner until the day you leave for work and you lock your door and you start walking away. And you're like, wow, okay, this is mine, right? I think that it's just a matter of how do I explain it? I mean, I've, I've never really, even in a rental, I felt at home. You know, ever since being like on my own, I've never had a problem feeling at home because I choose where I go, mm-hmm. right? And I make good
0: choices. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
2: yeah. No, I've been on my own for a long time, like since I was 17. So, you know, I've been, I've rented a, I, my first house I ever rented was a cabin. It's like this 2,500 square foot <laughs> cabin in the middle of Logan,
0: Oh, so you were up at Gosner's Cheese No, I I went to Schreiber's Oh, (laughs)
2: Schreiber's (laughs) But the, you know, that actually also encouraged me to get into real estate, that cabin Because he tried to sell it four times Poor guy, couldn't get it off the ground And it was such a cool property too He owned Cherry Peak And it looked just like Cherry Peak Ski Resort He had a patent on the house (laughs) It was log inside and out Worst cabin fever ever (laughs) Awful (laughs) (laughs)
0: Awful so you talked about how you love social media. How do people find your handle so they can contact you?
2: It's Utah Wilder, obviously dot Rose. It's super easy.
0: And you've been killing it with your content.
2: Trying to. Gosh, it's hard. It's a competitive atmosphere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like, honestly, that was very heartfelt. Yeah, and I'm sweaty now. Well,
1: I would have asked you more questions in regards to the foster care experience, but I didn't know how far to go with that. Oh, you're okay. Um, You know, because i that's such a a different experience, I I guess, for every single – child that enters it and what age they enter it's not
2: really a different experience it's all the same yeah so juvenile justice system they'll put you with the kids in foster care so the kids that do grand theft auto are in the same circle as the kids who have no parents right so in thought there's not very many of us but there's thousands of us they don't have enough foster parents for us like i sat in a shelter for three or four months at one point missing school missing holidays just in a building
1: And they don't give you. And they don't give you like any uh, like a teacher in there doing anything. No, nothing. You just sit there.
2: Sometimes we have volunteers to make bracelets with us. Yeah, (laughs) that's it. I mean, that's what it is. There's just not enough resources.
0: And do people more get like the younger kids? Well, that's the the thing,
2: right? Once you're over the age of twelve, you're considered highly undesirable. Yep, and they, they consider teenagers higher levels of care because most of us have behavioral issues.
1: Mm-hmm. So when you go to a foster family, um, do you is there a set time you go to a foster family? Or mm-hmm. it's just whenever? They'll call
2: us while we're in, in the shelter, and they'll say, hey, we found you a placement. Pack mm-hmm. your bags. We'll be there at this time. We go there. Sometimes it'll last one week. Sometimes it'll last two weeks. Sometimes it'll last a couple of days before they throw you out.
0: hmm and yeah. what did they just say? Like we...
2: Sometimes they'll throw everything you want in a garbage bag, stick it out on the road, and call the police. Yeah. <laughs> Other Wait, times... And the
0: police could just come pick you up?
2: Mm-hmm. And they'll take us back to the shelter.
1: And what is the reason behind that? They don't trust you? It's not or... a good fit. Oh, it's not right? a good fit. It's not a
2: good fit. But,
0: but like you aren't doing anything like right. illegal, no, and the they'll... police are yeah. taking you back.
1: Oh, yeah. Did you find that some of the foster parents are foster parents because they're...
0: I think that it's
2: there's always different reasons but i think that they want to feel like they have a family they want to feel something's not missing like something's missing for them right and they want children in their home they want to get back but at the same time they're getting paid a lot yeah so i think over time just like with real estate Blurred lines, right? Mm -hmm. Like at one point, does it stop becoming a service and start becoming a paycheck?
1: Yeah, because I have, I I knew a couple of people and it seemed like they had tons of foster kids. Like
2: every family is so unique and so special and so set in their ways that by putting another child in that home, you're making a gamble. (laughs) You're making a gamble. Oh, man. Right? And I don't know. I think it's just the way the cookie crumbles and i i don't i get it i get it like not every child you meet in the foster care system is going to fit in your family in your home totally get it so but there's got to be another option for us
1: well how wonderful that you're doing this i mean um uh, i had a couple of uh i do have some experience with foster kids because when I we're was... a little
2: rough around the edges.
1: <laughs> well, one was nine, one was six.
2: Oh, they're kids.
1: You know, and yeah. they they came, but they came with a lot of baggage. And, yeah, they do. We do. And it was um, even tough as another kid there. You know, I'm trying to deal with that right. because you're a regular kid. I mean, we came from a family of eight. We, had, we, we took in these two foster kids. We later adopted them, both. Wow. But they were in their 20s. Okay. When they both got adopted. So as another child in that home, it was like the Crazy. whole... Crazy. Yeah, the it was whole... the
2: worst decision your parents had ever made, right?
1: Well, yeah, for me it was. Right. Because I know,
2: I see it. the whole the thing, other, yeah. everything
1: got thrown upside down. Right. So it was like one minute I could trust... Another minute, I wasn't quite sure if I could trust, mm-hmm. and, and and so you, you run the gamut of all these issues that are going on. So
2: many issues, right?
1: Fortunately, yeah, the six-year-old ended up graduating. He got an MBA. He's got five kids. He lives down in Vegas. Wow. Been, a, been married for, I don't know how many years, 30-some-odd years. Completely successful in all aspects of his life. He still has this trauma that he's dealing with.
2: But- you named off his accomplishments, man. Like he pulled yes, through.
1: He did, and you know I see him to this day. And he throws his arms around me. We went. I went up to Cute. his cabin. He had a cabin down in um, Zion's Park or something here. And five, four or five months ago, I know his wife. Well, I know all his kids. Um, Everything has been successful. The other boy at nine, not quite the same. Well, some story. of us don't make it out. Like yeah. I,
2: when I started USU, there was a person that pulled me in to their office and said we don't see a lot of foster care kids here. And that shook me. Mm-hmm. Shook me. And he was like, how did you make it?
1: Oh, yeah. It's like,
2: I didn't just crawl out from the depths of, of darkness, you know?
1: Well, there are so many different ways you can go. and So
2: many, I know. There yeah. are so
1: many different ways you can go. That's why it's just really... Um, Interesting. Inspiring. Thank you. Inspiring.
2: Well, I want to to help other children because they think that life is done there. And it's not.
1: Yeah. Well, I hope you do become governor. And, <laughs> and, and you know, so. Include that in the podcast. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, there is the humanity of this whole industry, which is providing homes. And um, a safe haven. And safe havens are a horrible thing to not have when you're a child. And so um, there's a lot of damage that goes on during those years, and most don't recover very well. Some do. Um, So I've seen both sides of that.
2: That's a really beautiful way to put it. And
1: um, So anyway, best of luck to you.
2: Thank you. Sincerely.
1: Thank you.